With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Longhorn Nation, welcome to the Orange Report with Mike and Matt. We're glad you're here. It's been a few weeks since we've been live, so we're glad you're here. Looking forward to it. A lot to cover. As always, I'm Mike down in Houston. Matt's up in Fort Worth, and I don't know what the weather's like in Fort Worth, but I think it's rained in Houston every day for about two weeks, Matt. Yeah, we got a little bit of a break, but... Memorial Day weekend is headed our way, and so are more storms. I've had about enough. Yeah, I've spent the last several weeks uh, working on my pool, and I've had a lot of stuff to do with it, and I finally got it looking crystal clear. And now every day I come home, I have to add something to it to get it back right because of all the rain um, all day long. So, yeah, I haven't been able to enjoy it much, but a little bit here and there. But um, I know when, when it's... We have those days in the summer. It's about you know twenty days in with no rain. I'll be glad to go out there and jump in that ninety-seven degree water. So uh, I'm looking <laughs> forward to that. Well, the first thing I want to do tonight is uh, first I want to thank all our listeners. Uh, man, I've had lots of messages and say, hey, when are the shows going to start back? And you know, there's always danger when you take off some or you change the schedule because people get in a habit uh, of having it every week, and you know. Um, I've tried to tell people that, you know, instead of just having it, I want to make sure we have, just for the sake of having it, yeah, I can get on here and, 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 and talk about just about anything for an hour, uh, but I want there to be some substance. And, I mean, we're obviously getting ready to get in the summer. Um, school is basically out. The baseball team is still playing. Um, had a good day. Looks like TCU helped us out. We're definitely going to get into that. Basketball's got a new, um, you know, a new commit. We'll talk about that. Football is in the dog days of summer. I don't expect anything to go down there unless we have some attrition in the next few weeks, which I think we will, and we'll probably pick up a couple of commits in July. So, I mean, it just there's just not a lot of things to talk about right now. So, you know, I'm scaling back the, the schedule. Um, uh, I've had feedback that people thought, you know, last year that was a good idea, and now I'm hearing people saying, no, we like having it every week. So I've discovered something. You can't make everybody happy. So I'm just gonna do I'm just gonna do what makes me happy. So that way it solves it. So, you know, um what you know, I'm gonna try to have some shows through the summer. I was gonna sit down and make a hard calendar, uh, but then I know I'll probably not do that because I've got some weeks in July that I'm gonna be going over to the beach in Biloxi and going to the casino. I've got lots of little trips planned and so I'm just gonna have to play it by ear. Everybody knows about us on Twitter, so just watch Twitter and you'll know 
several days in advance on a particular Wednesday that I'll do a show. That's really the best I can do at this point. But obviously, once we get into early August, we're going to be back on our every Wednesday schedule because we'll start our preview shows. We'll probably preview two teams a night, go right through. I'm already getting the guests lined up, and I'll start announcing them probably in July. And then before you know it, it'll be September 3rd or 2nd or 3rd, and we'll all be on planes to Chicago, and we'll be talking about football. So it'll go fast, um, you know, but it is where we are, so that's that. So with that said, I do have a bunch of UT updates. I want to give some recognition tonight because we don't always get to do that. But congratulations to um, the baseball, uh, men's basketball, men's tennis, women's basketball, women's cross country, women's swimming, diving, and volleyball, all recognized today as high academic achievers by the NCAA. So good job to those young men and ladies, not only handling their business on the field um, or on the track, but obviously in the classroom because, you know, we can all get caught up in big-time college athletics, the money, but at the end of the day, uh, on some of these, and I hate to use smaller sports because it's disrespectful, but, I mean, I prefer, I guess, non-Big 3, whatever term we need to use is obviously – a lot of those people are not going pro, like the NCAA. I'll probably go in pro in something else. They are still students first, getting a, a very important degree, uh, a degree, so they can go on with the future of their life. So it's exciting to see those young men and women succeeding um, in the classroom. Secondly, uh, uh, probably a sport that not many people know we even have at UT. And to be honest, up until several years ago, I don't remember the exact year we added it. Uh, I know it hasn't been around forever, but rowing, uh, Matt. Um, got their first team NCAA invitation um, this season, and they'll be going to um, the NCAA tournament in rowing, so that's an accomplishment. Also, men and women's track sweep the Big 12 track and field championship, so uh, excellent job there by both. Uh, they'll be starting NCAAs, I think, this weekend in the regionals, so um, that'll be something, to, and I'm sure some of that will be um, televised on various networks. And then, obviously, the women's basketball team, um, Austin is doing an outstanding job. Um, they hired a brand-new assistant coach because one of our assistants took the head job at North Texas. They hired a um, long-time, um, if you covered women's basketball or no, Tita Thompson uh, was an all-star, all-American in college with the, in the WNBA, won four um, uh, you know, world championships. Um, Tina Thompson is well-respected around camps. Um, and you, uh, the, uh, you know, the camp ball, the AAU ball, and so um, she is now an assistant coach uh, for Austin, and I think that is a, uh, a good move. She is going to really bring a lot to recruiting and, and, and is well-known, again, in the Houston-Dallas area, obviously because of her, her ties to the WNBA. So some good things there. And then, obviously, basketball. Um, we picked up a, uh, an outstanding um, basketball player this week, Shockham Smart, his first official commit that is his uh, at UT, Tevin Mack out of South Carolina, originally committed to BCU, um, obviously decommitted when Smart um, came, by, um, came to Texas. Um, the kid looked around a little bit, but at the end of the day, uh, his, his um, relationship with Mack, I mean, with Smart was just too much. They stayed on him. Um, he did look at Georgia. He looked at Kansas. But at the end of the day, I felt real good about this when a couple weekends ago he flew to Austin on his own dime and took an unofficial visit. I think that sealed the deal. But I have found um, some different stuff on Matt that I think our listeners will like, Matt, and you will too. Here is um, Kevin Mack's high school basketball coach 
talking about what kind of player Texas has got, and then a few comments from Tevin Mack. So let's listen he's in. He's pretty even-keeled. Um, I think he's excited about playing in that league uh, and being at a university like Texas, which is a world-class school. Getting a player that has an uncanny ability to score um, from all different places on the floor, uh, good three-point shooter, rebounds well outside of his area, um, and obviously his length is going to be a factor. Um, he's got to get stronger. But, again, just a, a, a guy that can really score the basketball. But uh, I feel like Texas is a whole different animal uh, just as far as, like, the athletics program and the money they can put towards the stuff, you know, athletics. I feel like it's, it's just different. It's, like, a whole different level, I feel like. The environment, you know, the players are actually pretty cool, too. The environment, uh, just the, the athletics programs are, like, top, top-notch, like, second to none, I think. Uh, just a great program in general, just as far all, as far as all athletics. So, all right, that's um, Tevin Mack, high school basketball coach, and obviously a few comments from, from Tevin Mack. Um, so what are your thoughts on our new basketball committee? I don't know if you've had a chance to see any of his tape or know anything about him, but uh, I think we got exactly uh, what we needed, a guy that can score. He's not a what I'd call a pure shooter, but he's able to create off the dribble. He's an excellent spot-up shooter. He's lengthy. He's slashy. He's about 6'6". He's long. Uh, I think these are going to be the kind of kids you're going to start seeing as the transition moves from a Rick Barnes program to a Shaka Smart program. Um, up and down, lots of scoring, exciting basketball. What are your thoughts, Matt? Yeah, I think I was excited to read, you know, that he's a scorer because, in my opinion, that's what we've lacked over the last few years. We've had, um, you know, we've had great recruiting in, in the bigs, and we've had occasionally we've had good shooters, um, but guys that can break somebody down off the dribble and create shots, uh, I mean, to me, that's what's been lacking in our offense. And that's when you see things bogged down, um, especially, you know, if uh, what we saw, you know, this year was even worse because really we didn't have great shooters either. So if, if everybody collapses down on the bigs, there's nobody that can get past their guy and make something happen, either draw a foul or get to the rim. So I'm hoping to see some of that. Uh, and I think that's a good fit with, you know, you know, you hope that if the havoc uh, takes off and if you're forcing turnovers and going out and fast breaks and kind of playing helter-skelter, you need guys that can can make those moves and can get to the hoop and, like I said, draw contact or get to the hoop and get a bucket. So I'm looking forward to it. I know he was coveted uh, around the country, and um, I felt pretty good from the start when uh, when he decommitted after Shaka left that he was going to just follow Shaka wherever he went. Yeah, I think everybody felt real real good about it. Uh, you know, obviously when he asked out of his letter of intent, um, you know, obviously a bunch of teams then, you know, jumped on him and, and tried to, you know, woo him a little bit. But I think the the, the relationship was so strong at that point. I, I mean, it was, you know, it was a foregone conclusion that, yeah, where Shaka went, um, Kevin Mack was coming. So, um, again, it goes back uh, to in recruiting, uh, yeah, I mean, he's excited, even with his comments, you know, uh, the, the facilities, the, the economic support, uh, just the greatness that we know the University of Texas is, it's all great. But, I mean, let's get real. If it's not for Shaka Smart, even with all that, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't come here. So, at the end of the day, uh, I think what we've learned here is the relationship that the coaches build with these kids, and I think that's why we're, we're starting to see uh, – some, some increased momentum was strong. I mean, he's had now a full year to build some relationship with these kids. 
Um, obviously, I mean, we've, we've shot out a ton of 2000. We're way ahead of the curve now with the 2017 kids in football. And I think as you see Smart and his staff get out here in Texas, you know, we're not going to see a lot of the, like the Harrison twins and a lot of these, you know, five-star, you know, Texas basketball players going to Duke in Kansas. We're, I mean, we're not going to get them all. Obviously, you know, you, you've got limited spots in basketball, but we're going to start getting our share uh, of these scores. And I think a lot of it not had to do now, if you look at it, uh, a lot of these big-time scores around the state that were in high school just didn't want to come play for Rick Barnes because of, you know, the offense that we run. I, I think now kids uh, are going to be just beating down the door to come play in the Shock of Smarts um, style uh, offense. So, um, man, I, I'm excited about basketball. I mean, here we are talking big-time basketball and, and, you know, getting ready late May, early June. And, I mean, we're a long way from basketball season. We would have never, The only thing we'd have been talking about now is what's wrong with the Rick Barnes program. So there's just a buzz. I mean, the buzz across the country when, I mean, Kevin Mack, committed on national TV. I mean, it was on ESPN. I mean, we're just getting a lot of national buzz with basketball. And like I said, in May or June, that is just unheard of, and the kids are seeing it. I mean, there is just an excitement around the program that I can honestly say uh, I haven't felt in, in, I mean, in since T.J. Ford days and maybe even back when Tom Penders was running, you know, running the scores up to 110 or 15. Um, you know, Barnes did some good things, but, uh, you know, there was just not a lot of dynamic talk for the last seven or eight years. So um, it, it's exciting times to be a Texas basketball fan for sure. Well, let me get – I was sorry about that for the delay. I was trying to, um, I was trying to open up my, my Word document. I accidentally closed it where I have my notes and, and keeps up. Well, let's talk about the baseball team. Man, Parker French went out today. First complete game by a Texas pitcher this year. And, you know, I, I felt like we were going to beat Tech if we put together a few hits. We had bases loaded a couple times, and it looked like we were going to bust it open. But we got out of there with the 2-1 win, and I was saying, oh, boy, can can we pull the upset against TCU? And lo and behold, those Baylor Bears jump out 4 nothing, and the bracket is starting to look very Texas good in our favor. I mean, now all we need to do is take care of business. Last I looked, Oklahoma was getting it handed to them by K-State. Uh, man, th th there's some things going on. Maybe the stars are aligning. I don't know, but uh, we'll see where it goes. But you have to like the position we're in at this point um, right now, Matt. Yeah, uh, I hope they can take advantage of it. I will try not to be Debbie Downer. But yeah, I just say it's like the way this team is – has burned me all year is, you know, I it's just like leaving guys on base. The runners in second and third and nobody out, you can't score a run. Well, we got runners on second and third and nobody out, so to speak, the way this bracket is uh, laying out for us. And uh, got to take advantage of it. The good thing, I think, for the confidence level is that they just beat the brakes off of Baylor in Waco right before going into this tournament. So, Confidence shouldn't be a problem, although I don't think confidence has ever been the problem with this team. I think it's just execution. Yeah, I think Augie has, has, has talked about that, um, you know, all, all year long. Uh, I mean, the, the chemistry seems to be good. They they, they seem to get along. Um, it's just one of those, you know, deals to where, you know, timely hitting arrows here and there, it's just, it just whatever reason, has not um, – 
you know, has completely come together. And, and that's really what I talk about is, you know, you know, is about Augie, what, what, you know, what his future holds for us. And, and I think right now it's, it's, you know, TBD to be determined. Nobody knows. I mean, if they get hot here and win the tournament and, and get in the NCAA tournament and, and, and get out of a region or make a run, anything's possible. But what I will say this, um, uh, from, from reading um, different people that cover Texas baseball, um, talking to a few people, it appears um, that the ball is really in Augie's um, court at this point. Um, Patterson, I think, has basically told him if, if he wants to come back, he will give him another year. Um, the talk seems to be that Augie was, is, has, has been leaning towards retirement. Um, so, you know, maybe in his mind the decision has been made, but no formal decision. So, I mean, obviously if we got knocked out in the next day or two, uh, I think, you know, I don't think this is going to be a thing that's going to linger on. I, I think Augie knows what he wants to do. If he's been told, um, you know, he can come back and he wants to come back, I think, I mean, we'll know that because there won't be the announcement. But if, if he's ready to retire and we're out of it and we're done, I, I think he'll come out and that announcement will be made. The key is probably the coaches we're targeting are most likely going to make deep runs in the um, in the you know the NCAA baseball tournament, so it may be a while um, before a coach is named, and I'm okay with that because you know obviously we want to get the higher the higher right because I mean obviously you don't want to you don't want to you don't want to blow that. So um, you know we'll just see as as the old the old saying goes, um, it, it truly is a um, a fluid situation. I don't think anybody knows for sure what's going to happen. And, and maybe Augie doesn't even know. Maybe he's going to see it, and maybe he sits down for a couple of days to walk, you know, gets, refreshes his mind and says, okay, do I really have the energy? Do I want to do this again? Do I have the pieces? Do I truly have the pieces together to make next year better and make a run, or I don't, and do I want to go through another year like this? So, I mean, he's got a lot of decisions to make. I mean, every, I mean obviously his dream would be, to go out a winner, and I, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking now, hearing the re potential retirement talk, man, had we won it last year, I, I'm, I'm pretty convinced that he may have just walked away. I mean, you can't go out any better than that than winning another College World Series. And like I said, we were a hit or two away from from being in the final series last year, you know. But this year, things have just not um, come together. Um, you know, we're hitting, I would say, a little better than we normally do. Um, we're not getting timely hitting, but I, I think the number one difference in this team is our pitching uh, has always been, you know, on a scale from 1 to 10, 9.5 to 10, and we're, we're hovering, you know, generally around 6 to 8 right now. Our, you know, you know, our starting pitching has not been great. I mean, we've gotten behind several games, and we just don't have the firepower um, to catch up. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what the tournament holds. We'll see what we do against Baylor um, tomorrow if we beat them. Um, you know, we'll just see, see how the tournament plays out and see if we, we get into the NCAA tournament. Um, I don't know if we need to win the tournament, the Big 12 tournament to get in, or if we can maybe, you know, if we put together three or four wins and lost in the championship game, would that be enough maybe to, to slide us in? I don't know. I don't think so. I think we have to win the tournament, the Big 12 tournament, uh, to get into the NCAA tournament. What are your thoughts if maybe we get to the championship game but lose, Matt? I just don't know. Yeah, I think you got to win it because of the record and the fact that, especially now, right, I mean, yeah, beat TCU twice, uh, which I guess, yeah, you've got to beat TCU twice to get that extra bump. Well, that's not going to happen because if 
if we do play TCU now that they're on one loss and beat them, they're out. Uh, so you're not going to – I mean, it's a good thing to get us further along in the tournament, but you're not going to play top RPI teams to get you that bump. I think it's – you have to win it. Uh, and I think they're going in with that mentality. I think that's why French threw a complete game today because yeah. uh, they know there could be three three more games here in the next four days, and they need that bullpen rested. And that's why that French going the distance today was even bigger because now, you know, if you if you do beat Baylor tomorrow – you get Thursday off. No matter what you do to your bullpen, you give everybody the day off Thursday, and you can focus on. Uh, I guess it's Friday, and I don't know. Does this thing end on Saturday? I can't remember if we moved it up, but basically, um, you know, if you keep winning and keep uh, out of that losers bracket, you can keep everybody rested. I think they're going in saying it's win or go home. Yeah, I, I, I think that's um, accurate. Well, before I get into talking about Patterson and 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 and, and buying ski boats and tickets and all that nonsense, I know you're going to have lots of comments on that. I, I I'm going to try to start doing something fun every week. You know, obviously I like scanning the the message boards for for interesting things and uh, different posts I find that are pretty interesting or funny. I'm going to try to start doing that on the show. I, I think it'd be a neat little segment. So I found one this week on Orange Bloods um, today. Actually. It was actually on the free – no, actually, this was on the uh, the pay board. Um, I'm not going to mention the poster's name because he may not want to. I may have to message them and see if I can use their post. But I uh, got into an argument, obviously, you know, Aggie, SEC. I mean, that seems to be constant arguments on, on every board. But I thought this poster um, laid it out quite well, and it, it made me laugh. So um, he posted the link to the 247 composite team recruiting rankings for 2015. Obviously, I think we finished 10th. Aggie finished 11th. So the point of his post, and I actually, after I read it, said lock the thread. He nailed it. He said, somehow Texas inched in front of Aggie despite the following factors that the Agroids say are in their favor. Aggie brand awareness at an all-time high due to Johnny football. Aggie plays in the best conference in college football. Aggie facilities were in the process of a $500 million renovation. Aggie has an exciting offense that puts up a bunch of points. Aggie has a charismatic head coach. Aggie conference sends more players to the NFL. Aggie has more nationally televised games and gets higher ratings. Texas plays in the worst power, power five conference or what they refer to as the BDF or the big dumpster fire on Texas. Texas has a head coach who doesn't speak well in public. Texas has no offense and no QB. Texas conference sends no players to the NFL. Texas is coming off the 6-7 season. Texas has a failed network. But somehow, despite all these positive factors for Aggie and everything that could go wrong in Texas, we still managed to inch out ahead of them in the composite rankings. How can this be? Just do some semblance of winning, and we can boat race their asses in recruiting. Lock thread nails it. End of story. All that BS that they spewed, and there we are. So I thought that was a great post for the Aggie versus Texas recruiting Cold War, as we have it since we don't play anymore, and all the tweets that they're the new power program and all the nonsense that's out there for the SEC spin. Um, boy, even with all that agenda, um, they're still just not doing as well 
um, really as they think they are in their own minds. So I just thought that was funny. And then obviously Fox um, Sports had an article this week that, you know, that the game needs to be played. And I, I think I've pretty much said if they want, you know, I think it's stupid that we don't play. It would be exciting. I mean, you know, at first I really didn't care. But, you know, I think even strong and I've talked to some players uh, around the state. They want to play it. So who knows if it will ever be played again for a long time. But, um you know, it, it does seem – obviously, it, you know, maybe maybe this was all part of the evil plan. I'm kind of a conspiracy theorist anyway, Matt. Maybe the plan was let's not play them, play each other for three or four or five years, and you would, and, and it was a gamble, okay, that, that it would die out and nobody would talk about it. Or the plan was, well, they're, they're going to become even more heated and hated when we do play we're all going to laugh all the way to the bank whenever this game is played because it's going to be the biggest damn hype game in the history of college football. And I'm convinced that's what it's going to be at some point. Your thoughts? Yeah, maybe uh, maybe this is where uh, Patterson's Mexico City game will be. <laughs> yeah. Get Texas and Texas A&M together and troll the entire state by playing it in Mexico. <laughs> yeah, that that would be awesome. Yeah, I think what's going to delay it, obviously, other than arrogance and and and, and attitudes and those things, is, is sadly it's probably going to have to be played at a neutral site because nobody wants to. We don't want to go to play at College Station the first game, and they're not going to want to come to DKR. So probably the and that may be a deal killer. But I guess if Jerry World or, or Energy Stadium ponied up and said, okay, we'll give Texas eight, ten million, we'll get or you know, somebody's gonna pony up some ridiculous amount amount of money and it'll probably get done at some point. You know, obviously looking at both teams out of conference schedules, you know, yeah, but I mean if we were if, if both teams were offered five, six, eight million or more to play the game, I mean we'll we'll drop a rice and pay them off or drop a this or they'll drop a uh, a North Dakota state of the of the you know of the blind or whatever they'll drop to those teams. I mean this thing could be on the schedule next year if both teams really wanted it. I mean having a contract with it, I mean, people cancel those contracts all the time. And if you were going to get eight million to cancel a one million dollar game, you're darn sure going to do it. So it's just well, that, well, well the one thing, Mike. Personally, go ahead. Go. My my appetite for a neutral site Texas Texas A and M game is about as strong as my appetite for playing OU home and home. I mean, it's to me it is. Yeah. You know, say what you will about you know Kyle Field, and I'm sure they'll say the same things about coming to Austin. But to me, that's it, the only positive of that rivalry is going into the other person's house. And you know, Kyle Field is turned up to 11 when Texas comes to town. And, you know, obviously we know how it feels to walk out of there with a win. It's the best feeling ever. Yeah. And walking out of there with a loss is absolutely brutal. And I'm sure they feel the same way about coming to Austin. I think if you play – I mean, I, I agree with you that if their money's there, nobody cares about any of what we're saying. They'll just play it, you know, they'll play it in the Alamo Dome if they if they have to. But to me, I would say if if I had a gun to my head and said, you know, they have to play this series again, I'd make, I'd damn sure want to have it home and home. And yeah, you know, I agree with you. There could be a pissing match about who gets the first home game, but that would, I, even if you go there first, that would be beat the hell out of playing a you know neutral site game. Oh, I I I am one million percent in agreement with you. I mean, I yeah, to me, it's not Texas. A&M versus Texas and A&M if it's not at DKR or Kyle Field. I'm 100%, million percent agreement with that. I just think that, you know, 
but if if if, if that's if that's going to stop the game, I guess you know we'll be okay with doing it on a on a on a neutral field, I guess. Uh, you know, because I can see because they're they don't both both uh, administrations don't trust each other at all. I could see okay Texas saying okay, we'll go ahead and agree to to play um, at, at Kyle Field, and then next year y'all come to Decal. We give in because you know we, you know whatever. Let's say we've been. And then the next year they cancel the contract and they beat us at top of field and it goes. I mean, I mean, you know, you could see either school and now them coming to ZKR and then us cancel winning again and then they'll they'll can't. So I can see that distrust there. So I mean, again, there's a lot of um, uh, you know non trust and, and butt hurt people with this whole ordeal. And you know, I don't know if it'll ever be solved. Hell, I, I'm sure in my lifetime it will at some point. But I, I really think it's going to be sooner. Uh, than later, but how soon? Who knows? But I, I agree with you. It's not the same game to me if it's not home and home. And I and I, I think your analogy is right. I, I don't want to go to Norman, and I don't care that Oklahoma come to DKR because I mean it's always been there at the Cotton Bowl. I don't want it anywhere else. So we do, we're all creatures of habits, and and we like uh, you know the way things are. So yeah, I'm, I'm as adamant as you are. I just don't think. Um, like you said, they're probably not going to call me and you in the room and negotiate it. <laughs> so, you know, I guess nothing is better than nothing. But I, I think every year, and I guess for both teams, they have to see what the benefit is. I, you know, right now, let's be honest, um, I don't think the game benefits A&M. And to be honest, I don't really know if it benefits us. Now, let's say Strong goes, you know, 9-3 and three this year. 8-4. and four. Let's say we go 8-4. and four. And they struggle again at seven and six, and then 2016 is the year. And Texas goes 11 and one, and we get to the playoffs, and we almost get there. And Aggie is still hovering around seven or eight. They may want to. They may be a little more. At, you know, right now there's just not a, a need. Aggie thinks they have more to lose, and I think Texas kind of feels like, well, we're slowly itching up. If we lose to them, we could lose some momentum that we've started to kind of take back. So, I, I, you know, but that's what makes a rivalry great, the risk and reward. You know, let's play the game and get it off the message boards and the, the podcast and Twitter. Let's settle it on the field because if you go out there and they beat our ass 35-7, to 7, uh, all we can say is they kicked our butt and we'll see you next year and hope like we've always have. Or, you know, if we beat them, you know, it, it shuts it down. Let's, let's play it on the field. So, I don't know. I just – it just, you know, I'm getting more and more um, convinced that we that we need to get back to it and have some fun with it. Because, I mean, say what we will, we can all, you know, say this or say that. At the end of the day, we all like it. Like you said, I th- again, you nailed it. Uh, there is no greater feeling than, you know, other than walking out of the Cotton Bowl with a win or, you know, or a national championship game with a win. But walking out of Kyle Field after you've been abused for three and a half hours by those, you know, wacko jobs, um, it, it's, it's great fun walking out of their win. But like you said, on the other end, I've walked out of Kyle Field before after a bad loss, and I tell you what, I wanted to get to, get to my truck and get the hell out of there before I got eggshelled or something. So um, I've been on both ends of it. So you are absolutely correct there. Well, let's move in to Steve Patterson. I know you had an interesting um, tweet about his comment, and, um, you know, he, he seems to be a hot topic all around the, 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 the Twitter sphere and message board as well. And, I, I mean, is he this detached from reality? I mean, I guess everybody heard his comments that, uh, you know, Patterson with the new ticket thing, you know, doesn't the reason he did it is he didn't want people, us season ticket holders, selling our tickets to go buy ski boats. I mean, I don't know if he said that seriously. I mean, I mean, he's not, I mean, I don't know what to think of the comment. I'm hoping it's just pure sarcasm, but I'm afraid he actually meant what he said and he believes what he said. So, 
Uh, Matt, I'm just going to let you um, take that whole um, quote right there and do what you will with it. Sure. Well, to me what it all comes back to, what I get really tired of when anybody does this, uh, but especially when our athletic director does it, and that's coming up with these just out of thin air justifications for things to tell a story yeah. that sounds good if you don't know any better. I mean, if I was a neutral fan that doesn't know anything about UT and I heard that, I'd think, wow, Texas fans are turning a profit on their tickets. Oh, sure, it makes sense to raise the prices then and to change all of this. But, you know, to me, it's there's a couple of things. First of all, it's a complete insult to your season ticket base because even if that is true, that's one-tenth of a percent of the fan base is doing that. And, you know, to call to make a public statement like that to me is just a slap in the face of the people that have paid a lot of money and a lot of money that could have gone to vacations or ski boats or anything else, uh, and they've eaten tickets during down years or they've given them away to people or anything like that. I think it's just, you know, it's just not in, it's not founded in reality. I would have much more respect for someone that just comes out and says, look, it costs X thousand dollars to get season tickets at Alabama, and it costs X thousand to get season tickets at Michigan, and we're underpricing the tickets because other guys have raised their prices, and this is what the market is, and so the prices are going up. And if you don't like it, I mean, that's just the way it is. To me, that's an argument. Again, I haven't fact-checked that to see where our prices fall in with the others, but if that's true, and if he stated that, I would, you know, be frustrated, but I would say, well, they're doing what they have to do. Uh you know, the thing that just is just even more irritating, though, is there's such a simple fix that that is actually a problem, and that would be, I am sure that there are season ticket holders, a.k.a. ticket brokers, ticket, you know, the guys in Austin that do do that thing professionally that probably buy up 24, 32, 64 tickets for every season. I mean, and you can run through your season ticket database and see, okay, Joe Smith is buying 64 tickets per year. I doubt he's had that many children and grandchildren. Somebody's something's up here. And I would address that on an individual basis and go, look, man, you got 64 tickets in prime prime real estate. Uh, you know, look into it at least. Use these stupid Disney consultants or whatever they've got calling all the people and being their personal concierge and work it out that way because I think – what you would probably find, again, they don't have the facts, but I'm suggesting, knowing what I know about the fan base, is that there probably are some of those, you know, companies that are buying up a lot of tickets, and they're probably uh, grandfathered in because they've been doing it for years, and those would be, you know, that's low-hanging fruit. You knock that stuff out, and, uh, you know, you're good to go. Um you know, just for Steve's sake, I, I wish he would talk to some more season ticket holders and ask about that, because... Let's just say, even if he was being literal, I don't know what the hell a damn ski boat costs, but you'd be having to sell those damn tickets for about $500 a seat for every game to flip your tickets in order to buy something that extravagant. And in my experience, I've walked into the stadium many times after trying to give away tickets at our tailgate and trying to give away tickets on the sidewalk, and I've walked into the stadium with tickets in my pocket, either I or someone in our group paid that donation and so face value is what $85 and you assume mm-hmm. that you know the donation portion of that is probably at least another 50 or $60 kicker so I just yeah. walked into the with, into the game with $140 in my pocket that's good for nothing but firewood after the game is over 
so you know that's one thing I've seen before on the message boards. You know, sometimes you have those Nazis on the uh, ticket exchange forums that get really mad when somebody sells a eighty-five dollar ticket to the Tech game for a hundred and ten, and they say, "Oh, you shouldn't sell," you know, "you shouldn't scalp tickets to Texas fans." That's not scalping tickets. That's covering the cost of the ticket. It may say eighty-five dollars on the ticket, but that's not what it costs because you got to pay the damn donation in order to get that ticket in the first place. So, you know, this whole plan of, you know, restricting um, restricting ticket sales and, and worst of all, using StubHub as like the gotcha mechanism to capture people that are doing this is just terrible because here's what's going to happen. What that does if people do start selling tickets is it pushes more tickets into the Craigslist realm, which then exposes you to fraud, fake tickets, tickets that have already been sold on StubHub and are being handed off as a hard copy even though they're worthless. And mm -hmm. I hope that doesn't happen to anybody I know, but I really hope that Texas has a fiasco on their hand in the first game when there's hundreds of people that walk into the stadium trying to get in and they bought a fake ticket. Uh, and I already know, being cynical now that I am about Steve Patterson, his response is going to be, well, you should have paid a donation and that's what you get for not giving the money to the University of Texas. So I, I think that they've got this whole approach, you know, locked down, and they've got their mind made up. And like I said, I'm fine with having your mind made up, but you, use the actual facts to justify it. Don't make up fake stories uh, to make yourself feel better and, and to make the Texas fans look like a bunch of knuckleheads that are just trying to make a buck off the football program. I mean, I wish I could make a buck off the football program because how many thousands of dollars have we spent suffering through the last five or six years with – not much uh, personal enjoyment and damn damn no profit. There's no way I've turned any kind of profit doing anything with regards to Texas football season tickets. Yeah, I don't know where he came from. I don't know if he just wakes up and he says, huh, I wonder what I'm going to say today to, to piss off my, my fan base and my season ticket holders. I mean, it's just like, I mean, I guess, uh, you know, coming from the professional NBA background, you know, he, he looks at it. it looks at the, the, the college fan base the same as an NBA fan base, and obviously it, it's not. But, I mean, I can honestly say I have never not once sold uh, one of my season tickets. If I chose not to go into the game or could not make a game, I always gave it away or I ate it. I've given a number numbers away. And also, too, I mean, like you said, if, if you know, just to make you know the numbers easy, if, if the face value is $100, if I sold that ticket for a hundred dollars, I've still lost about another hundred and twenty-five or thirty dollars because with my donation, each ticket's about two hundred and forty dollars, including donation. And there's no way, unless you know we're ranked top, you know, in the top five, and, and Notre Dame or Ohio State's coming to town and they're in the top five. Yeah, I might be able to get two fifty, three hundred for that ticket then. But obviously, I'm not selling them then because I want to be in the game. So I mean, and I've never sold one anyway. So. I mean, his, his, I, mean, I don't know if he's being sarcastic when he makes these comments or if he truly means what he says uh, or what his what his end game or goal is. But, I mean, it's just every time he opens his mouth and I hear something, I just it frustrates me because, like you said, uh, you know, yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not in the, the, the top tier of donors, no, but I guess, you know, based on their little rankings, uh, I'm in the top 50% out of all the people. So I've been around a while and, and, and so, you know, I, I want to be at least talked about a little better than that. Like you said, I've, I've showed up when we won five games, and I've showed up when we won all 12 games. And, I'm you know, 
and I, so it just, it just frustrates you that he just thinks of you as basically just a number. You know, I guess that's really at the end of the day, that's all you are. And you know, at some point, and, and you know, people will go ahead. Even if that's even if that's true and has been true, I mean, number one of customer service is should at least you should let your customers not feel like they're a number. I mean, yeah. you know, wow them with BS and make them feel like they're special, even if they're not actually. I can tell you one thing: if if this kind of attitude continues and our group decides not to renew our season tickets next year and go through another channel to get our tickets, you bet your ass I'm writing a letter to Steve Patterson and I'm telling him the reason why I didn't renew my tickets is because I needed to buy myself a new ski boat. Yeah. Yeah, and I sent it, I sent it um, a carbon copy to the, um, to the, um, to the new president of the, of the, you know, to the university as well. But I mean, and I mean like, you know, you know, like, Next week, I guess everybody's received their email by now when they've got their little window of opportunity to go online. I guess mine is next week sometime at one one thirty in the afternoon. I can go on there, and if I want to do an upgrade or, or, or stay in the same section but change seats to a, a different seat, I can do that. And I can purchase my parking, which is, you know, I've always gotten as part of my package. Now I get to fork out another 100 I guess basically $200 for parking. So I will get to do that next week as well. So um, that'll be now, interesting. And, and just, yeah. just to throw in, you know, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna bitch and complain, I'll also give them credit. I do think that number one, this new plan of the online deal, I think is a is a is a nice touch because you know you know as early as last year, you could put in a request for a for a uh, upgrade in your seats. And you, you know, if you had the right contacts in the Longhorn Foundation, you could get some pretty good intel and kind of understand where you were going, and you could give some specific requests, and they would do a pretty good job of filling that as needed. But you had no idea where you were going to be sitting until two weeks before the season when your tickets show up or whenever they release it online for you to, to see your seat location. I do think that this kind of real-time look is 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 good for all parties because you know it'll give people a real time chance to see where they can possibly sit and I think it may help UT because it may get some people to say you know what maybe I will pony up an extra 500 bucks and move into this section instead of that section and and the only place where Patterson's comment about ski boats may actually have some merit is in the parking uh pass realm now that we're you know we're paying for it now but we know we definitely know uh what kind of secondary market there was for parking and yeah. you know these these parking passes, which were virtual. Well, yeah, I guess you could say free or not any additional cost. Uh, those those tickets were going for ridiculous amounts of money. So I do I I can understand them having to charge for the tickets or for the parking passes. Hey, Mike, I'm going to hop off for a second. I'll be right back. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, and I can I can see um, where the, uh, the the parking passes may may benefit somebody like me because you know the section that I prefer to park in, uh, I never could get a uh, a particular that pass, but I would get one that was still pretty desirable. So obviously I would sell that parking pass, take that money, and then usually I was able to buy a pass in the area that I wanted to park, and I would break even or have to pay a little bit more. So maybe under the new system I may actually get the pass if. With, you know, in the lot that I prefer to park at, so which is closer to the tailgate. So that will be um, that will be interesting to see if that uh, actually does uh, work out for me. So, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I give credit. I do like the idea that we're going to be able to go online and look at different sections. And I, 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 for one, even though 
I like where my seat is at. I like the people around me. Uh, I do prefer uh, a couple aisle seats, and I prefer to be on the rail. So if I see a, a couple aisle seats on the rail in my same section where I don't have to pay any additional money, I can just move, and it's a wash um, to me. I may very well do that. So I'm actually looking forward to getting online and actually doing that this year. Um, I may or may not do it, but at least uh, I'm glad I have the opportunity to look and just see what is available. So um, it'll be interesting uh, to to do that. So uh, I, I think they have made some upgrades. But again, even with all the stuff you'd like, it was not um, the public was not informed. There's still been a lack of communication. And they really haven't sold us on what uh, the true benefits of all this change is. It was just kind of rolled out. Here you go, take it or leave it. So, with that said, I'm sure we'll be discussing that as we all experience it. And obviously, after um, a couple of weeks, we all get on the new system and try it out. We'll have actual real feedback. Um, and I would like to, to get some feedback from some of our listeners. Maybe they can uh, they can call in and give us feedback or tweet us. Um, their comments uh, about the new um, the ticket approach and that way to upgrade and, and parking and those things. Well, real quick, I do want to talk. Um, we've got about 15 minutes left. I want to talk a little bit about my Houston Rockets. I don't want to spend a lot of time on that because I still have a couple of UT things I want to go. Um, obviously, that was a tough loss last night. Harden played well. Um, but, yeah, uh, you know, let, let's not sugarcoat this. I'm a diehard Rockets fan, but, I mean, Obviously, the uh, you know the, the conference finals ended up how they should. Uh, Golden State's the number one seed. The Rockets are the two seed. I mean, they're missing Patrick Beverly. They're missing Demo, and now um, obviously um, Howard is injured. So I mean, the Rockets were are, are, are for a fact down two starters, maybe down three. Um, Howard's probably not going to be at full strength. So even with all that said, that's not an excuse. Golden State probably would still win the series. They're a better team. They may have gone six or seven now. I just think the Rockets are in serious trouble now uh, that they're not full strength. They just don't have enough backcourt and enough firepower. But one positive note is being a Rockets fan, or if there's any Rockets fans listening, it's a young team. Harden's young. A lot of the players uh, are, are fairly young. So I, I think uh, Maury will make the right offseason moves. And, uh, you know, the Rockets are going to be a contender or in this position for several years. So um, it's at least exciting um, to get us there. Um, so, we'll, you know, we'll see what happens. It might get hot. It might still a game or two. It would be a good experience. But, obviously, Golden State and, and Stephon Curry are, are just at a different level. There's a reason they won 67 games, had the best record in the NBA. It's no, it's no um, shame in losing to uh, the team with the best record who's probably going to win the, um, uh, the championship. So, with that said, that's all I really had on the Rockets. Um, now, Real quickly, my Houston Astros, it is absolutely amazing. Every day I expect them to go on a three or four or five losing streak. You know, the the, the target has always been Memorial Day. If your baseball team is still in the mix or playing at the same level around Memorial Day, most likely they're for real. Well, I mean, we're not at Memorial Day, but we're close enough. They're for real. They won again today, 27 wins. Best record um, in the American League, right at the best record um, in all of baseball. Yeah, they're going to hit some slumps, you know, because um, they've still got some deficiencies in their um, second and third day starter. Um, they definitely have some um, some deficiencies at the at the plate. They they strike out a lot, but man, they they hit a lot of home runs. So you know they're going to get cold, and they're going to lose four, five, six games here or there. But I mean, at this point, uh, they're going to win a lot of series, and they're in this thing to the end. And I think they are a legitimate. Um, 
playoff contender and a legitimate ALCS contender and a world in a World Series contender. They they have the team to get there, and and that's hard that's hard to believe at this point. So the the four year uh, rebuilding project is you're seeing it. Um, they they're pulling up young guys. They're probably going to pull Carrera up pretty soon. Um, the lineup is just going to continue to get better. So they have built this thing the right way. And if you're a baseball fan, and more importantly, an Astros fan, uh, man, there's some exciting times um, going to be through the summer. Um, you know, the last few summers, it's been, you know, I've pretty much checked out. I'm going to be honest. I mean, I've watched the games here and there. But, I mean, you knew, even if they'd run off four or five games, you knew that they were just not uh, a legit contender. Uh, now, man, you're glued to, I mean, I'm glued to it for the whole nine innings every night, listening to it on the radio or trying to find it online um, because I don't have the root sports shit on my dish. Uh, but, I mean, I'm tuned in from inning to inning now, uh, keeping up with it because it, it, it's starting to get into, you know, game 45, 50, before you know it, we're going to be 80 games in. And, and these things, these games are going to start meeting something and, and, and getting home field um, advantage um, and everything. So it, it's, it's an exciting time um, to be a useless sports fan and, more importantly, an Astros fan. So uh, we'll see what happens there. So I did tweet out the number earlier. If anybody wants to call in, um, we've got a few minutes. I'll take a few calls till Matt gets back. The number is 347-857-2951. That's 347-857-2951. Somebody wants to call in, ask a question, give us your take. Um, your prediction for the upcoming football season, uh, who do you think should be the starting quarterback, swoops heard. Uh, you know, I'm open to just about any question or any conversation you have. We can talk about Waco and the shootout. Uh, we can talk about the presidential election. Uh, we can talk about your favorite craft beer. I really don't care. I'm pretty much a, a jack of all trades. So with that said, if somebody wants to call in, don't be scared. Um, you know, we, we've we've done open call before, and, you know, I'll probably plan a show like that this summer where we do open line um, for maybe the, the, the whole hour. And I remember one time we did that. We had 10, 15, 20 calls. It was, it was good fun. So um, it's always fun when you get some, um, some other people's opinions and takes on varying um, topics about sports and, more importantly, Longhorn sports. So let me give a few recruiting updates, and unfortunately – a couple of them are not real good. Obviously, last week the news broke that the big defensive tackle, um, Kendall Jones, had committed to Alabama. This young man had been to Austin 13 times. He visited Tuscaloosa once. Um, he made an unofficial visit there. Word broke that, that he was committing, and then it came out a few hours later. He denied it. His dad denied it, and then he released the top five. Well, yeah, Texas was in the top five. Um, but he is supposedly going to commit this Friday at his um, high school spring football game, and by all accounts, it is still Alabama. Now, we're not to Friday yet. Strange things have happened because strange things already happened once. Everybody thought he was a, a Texas lock. Uh, I'm not sure what a, tech, what a lock is in recruiting, as we know, especially in today's time, but uh, if everybody would have predicted, they would have predicted you know, Texas a week ago, and then all of a sudden it's Alabama now. So I guess something crazy could happen. He could pick Texas. Um, but we should be prepared. I am prepared that he is going to commit to Alabama um, this Friday. Um, but it is a long way to uh, National Signing Day, uh, second second Tuesday in February. So I don't, I, I don't think Strong and the staff is going to give up on him. 
Uh, it's a long way to Tuscaloosa. He's only about, you know, an hour up the road from Austin. Um, so clean shoemaker, I believe, is where he plays. So we'll see what happens. It's a long time. Uh, you know, I will not feel confident, though, because, I mean, Saban very seldom uses loses offensive line and defensive line that, that he really wants. Um, he doesn't get, he, you know, they don't, people don't flip from Bama to somewhere else. But, you know, like I said, it is recruiting. Anything can happen. So, you know, it is a big blow. Um, he would have been huge in this class. I do think his future position is offensive lineman. I don't think he'll play defense. I mean, he's about 6'5", 6'6", 360 pounds now. Now, a lot of people who cover recruiting, their opinion, and of course it's their opinion, that he's peaked, that he, he may not get much better, um, that, that he is physically peaked. I mean, I don't know how somebody 17, 18 years old can, can physically peak. Uh, uh, several recruiting analysts that were um, – um, scout players have said they think he's real tight in his hips and not real fluid. Now, I can see that, uh, but, you know, I, I think flexibility and those things can be improved on with his size, how much. So, I mean, I think those are those are things that are, you know, and there, there are people that think there are better defensive linemen out there. So, I mean, that's all a matter of opinion. I will say this, uh, obviously Nick Saban wanted him, and we know uh, what Nick Saban has done. So Nick Saban knows how to but I do think he'll end up at offensive line. I don't think he'll be a defensive lineman um, in in college. I, I honestly believe he'll be an offensive guard. I, I'll be shocked. So let's let's remember this date, um, May twentieth, two thousand fifteen. We'll go back and find this take that Kendall Jones, wherever he ends up, um, he will be playing offensive line. I I, I really think his feet skill set is better suited for offensive line because I do believe that there is some validity to him being tight and not being able to move. And I think in today's college football game, defensive linemen have got to be able to move sideline to sideline, uh, especially with the spread and the fast-paced offenses. And I, I, don't, I, don't think he, I don't think he has the ability to do that. I uh, still think he'll be a great player, but I think he's better suited to be a great player at offensive line. So um, that's, that's Kendall Jones. So we'll see what happens there. On other news, I guess a positive news is, is the, the – the current Baylor commit, running back, number one um, running back in the country by some recruiting services, Cameron Martin. Um, uh, I think we have a real shot um, at him. He's obviously um, cousins with Jamal Charles, um, so we, we, we've got it in there. Um, this was a kid that was, was fairly upset last year that he did not receive a Texas offer. He thought it came a little slow. Eventually, Texas did offer by then, he had already committed to Baylor, and he's been all Baylor um, for the most part, um, you know. But I mean, he did. He has been, you know, he's been to Austin a few times. I think we'll get him again in this again this summer. Uh, you know, you always look for signs. Um, he's taken off a lot of his Baylor stuff um, off his Twitter profile. Um, somebody told me I haven't looked to verify that, um, but then I did see that somebody retweeted him. Um, one of the Baylor sites retweeted him earlier where he tweeted Sikkim. So who knows, but I, I would say right now it's 50-50 for Cameron Martin if we flip him um, from Baylor to Texas. Uh, you know, so that'll be it. That's going to be an interesting recruitment um, to watch. Some more positive news is the number one, uh, which I consider the number one safety uh, in the country, uh, was in town, and by all accounts from all outlets is that the visit went extremely well, and I'm talking about Brandon Jones out of Nacogdoches. Uh, man, this guy, I don't. I mean, just go um, 
and I may tweet it out earlier, um, he took a picture with some current players on his visit with the coaches. My God, he looks like he's college um, college ready right now. I mean, this dude looks, I mean, I, I mean, he looks unreal. There's a reason he is a, a five-star um, um, player. Also, um, I heard today that the Galena Park player, Eric Monroe, um, out of North Shore, he's released his top five. Obviously, Texas is in his top five. But as I tweeted um, the other day, I got a lot of retweets. Um, being in somebody's top ten or top five in, in, in May is like being in a girl's top five or ten at 7 o'clock on 6th Street. means absolutely nothing. Um, you could be their number one school today and be out of it tomorrow. Um, I mean, recruiting is truly a, uh, a fluid situation. So, um, um, you know, it's a long way. I, I do think, though, that in July – some of the kids that are that are pretty sure where they want to go, uh, we're going to pick up a couple of commits, I think. And then once the season starts and if we can show some things, I think most kids right now are still uh, – they like Charlie Strong. Um, they like the perceived direction of the program. They like the coaches. They like the new offense. They know the defense. Obviously, they understand, you know, that they will be developed. I mean, they, I mean – Strong can show the players from Florida and obviously at Louisville. I mean, 40% of his first recruiting class at Louisville is now in the NFL. I mean, that is unheard of. Got drafted. That is just unbelievable. So he can sell that. But what he what has to happen is they have got to see good winning football on the field. And if we can come out and start to show some serious improvement and start stringing together some wins, uh, I really think you're going to start to see some of this elite talent um, committing and jumping on board. And once that happens, the floodgates are going to open and um, we're going to be back in the top two or three in recruiting classes. Um, so right now the coaches are out grinding. They're building relationships um, and, and they're doing all they can do. Um, now uh, players just want to see, see all this perceived uh, improvement translate to actual wins and actual true improvement on the football field. So we'll see what happens. Um, I think we're about out of time. Matt is still off the line. He had to handle something. So I'm going to close the show out. Looks like we got it all in and out. I'm looking at my agenda, and we actually got it all in. That is unbelievable. We got him by recruiting. Yep, yep, we're good. I was hoping Matt was going to be able to come back on the line and, and, and talk for a second, but we'll um, – um, I'll go ahead and give his Twitter handle so y'all can hook up with him on Twitter. Uh, but y'all be sure to follow Matt at UT Tailgaters. You can follow me at MB Hornspan. That's all caps, all small. It still comes up. Um, we won't be back next week. We'll be back the following week. We're definitely going to be going every two weeks. Uh, I'll tweet out the other dates, and then I'll start in a couple weeks tweeting out uh, – our guests and what dates and times they're going to be on because we're going to have somebody on from every Big 12 school. Um, really looking forward to those shows and getting into the meat, the meat of the uh, uh, football season and, and hearing what everybody else thinks their team is, is, is going to be. So um, uh, it's going to be some good stuff, some good shows, got some good guests planned up um, coming up. Um, so I um, hope you all listen, stick around. Like I said, I'll be, I'll be tweeting out those dates and times. And I definitely want to do that um, 
the um, live line call-in show one night and let, let the listeners um, have a chance to, to share some of their opinions on things. And also, y'all tweet at me or Matt. If y'all have a suggestion for the show or have a certain guest y'all would like to have come on, let us know. We'll do our best to, to get them on. So with that said, I definitely want to thank all our listeners. Um, definitely go to iTunes tomorrow the next day if you want to hear the show on podcast uh, replay. Just search the Orange Report on iTunes. You can also find me on the iTunes, uh, the TuneIn app, and also on Stitcher. The same thing. Just search the Orange Report. It comes right up. Download those apps. It's a great way to listen to the show if you're not able to listen live. So, and obviously you can go to Blog Talk Radio as well. Put in the Orange Report with Big Mike and Matt. It'll come right up as well. You can listen to it straight off the um, internet. So, whatever's the best way to listen. And if there's an app out there that we're not on that you have that is cool. Tweet that at me. I'll try to get on that app as well. But with that said, we'll see you all in a couple weeks. Always remember, the eyes of Texas are upon you. Hook them horns, and I'm going to take us out with some old school rap. It is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.